I'm a little confused. There's a lot of characters. I'm starting to lose track of everyone in a military outfit. I need like a dossier. There's a lot of mix and match kind of guys who just all have, yeah. you can check the facial hair box or uncheck the facial hair box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Have we met? You know, this should be in the podcast. Aren't Are we, we not? We're, have we're we not started? No, but we haven't started the podcast. Uh, oh, I'm okay. so sorry. Okay, nobody talk about the podcast so we start the podcast. Ooh, I'm Mike. I'm so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> you know what they say it's not illegal if they don't catch you it's another episode of full metal analysts welcome to our show where free riders analyze each and every episode of full metal alchemist brotherhood i'm michelle i'm arthur and i'm mike and our guest today is what the hell you know who she is she's been here four times five times welcome back camilla franklin hello listener favorite guest favorite host favorite camilla franklin all around favorite. Oh shucks. We don't even have any more like questions we can ask you about you and Full Metal Alchemist. We've asked all of them. Yeah, I've really run the gamut. I've seen this show through. I love getting to pop in every so often because there's some characters who arcs I've totally missed. Uh, so I think this is the first episode I've gotten to watch with Greed and Ling in it. Like I've just missed them. Oh, they have been gone a long time. I don't think I've seen anything with May. What a delight to have your experience. I'm I'm, I'm not a great fan. I've, I've got to say. To never see May. What a delight. What a dream. <laughs> oh, no, my favorite. <laughs> Camilla is like that one person who wasn't watching the news in November 2016, who didn't know who won the election. Oh, no. But we must preserve her. She doesn't know about the panda. We must preserve her. Oh, I know about the panda. <laughs> oh, fuck. You think I don't listen to panda talk? Yes, our most popular segment. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode is Looming Shadows. It was directed by Tsutomu Yabuki. This is the last episode that was directed by him. He also directed Road of Hope, Footsteps of a Comrade in Arms, Backs in a Distance, Interlude Party, and The Fuhrer's Son. Wait a second, I just realized two of those episodes were episodes Camilla were in. I, 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 Back <laughs> in the distance. And Road so of Hope. So there, Camilla? Or they're like, ah, oh, there's a girl in this one here. <laughs> we thought it was that I was following Winry's arc, but really I'm following this director. And it was written by Hiroshi Onogi, who wrote 24 episodes total of the show. So now it's time for us to do our improvised recap. This is the moment of the podcast where one of us will do a recap of this week's episode, and they only have 21 seconds to do it. That person, however, will be decided by the roll of a dice. If he lands on one, it's me. If he lands on two, it's Arthur. If he lands on three, it's Mike. And if he lands on four, it's our guest, Camilla. So let's roll the dice. It lands on Mike. All right. Okay. All right. I can do it, but I'm going to need 22 seconds. No. All right. You have 21. I tried. I tried. Okay. Here I go. Wait, can you do it in 20 seconds? I want to see it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Not even. All right. All right. This is a challenge. It's never been done. Here we go. Three. Two, one, go. Okay, so Winry comes back to Central. She runs into Ed. There's a horny moment. And then, you know, Ed's doubting himself. Meanwhile, uh, fuck, Al gets in a fight and loses to uh, Pride and and uh, reanimated Hungry Guy. And then we cut to a whole bunch of political shenanigans and the Fuhrer gets bombed and he dies. Uh, Maybe. Oh, shit. Oh my god oh my god holy shit 20 seconds on the dot that's how you do it wow when he said fuck i was like he can't do it he can't, do it. He can't. <laughs> that, that was a plan yeah that was a flawless job and truly half of this episode is just political shenanigans yeah. True. Well done, yeah. political shenanigans. Let's talk about the shenanigans. Help me out because I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. All right. General Grumman is the guy 
with the big mustache, the old guy who at the end laughs like Dr. Egghead in Sonic. <laughs> yeah, can we just start at the end? How they've started ending episodes these days with the closing music, like that guitar lick coming in? I mean, if, if you want to talk about that, that fan in front of his face. That was an amazing ending, going from him laughing to the guitar lick, but they ruined it by having the scene continue. They should have just cut straight to the credits. I would have just stood up and started clapping. I would have been like, <laughs> it was a little awkward, right? It was a little yeah, No, it was, it was great. Ha ha ha. I I just awkward. assassinated the guy. Yeah. No, I thought it was cool. I liked it. I thought the they laugh. held on to him a little longer than they needed to. You know, I don't know. Um, oh. Yeah, they did, but I, I kind of liked it. So, General Grummond is planning with Mustang and the Northern troops to do some sort of counteroffensive on the promised day to prevent whatever it is that they're doing that guy just like spilled their beans right that guy that guy was fed semi-true false information Whoa, when in another episode behind the scenes that was implied behind was, the scenes he was right that was a lie grummond and major miles are planning to use the battle exercise in east city as an excuse to like gather their forces and prepare for the promised day in response, Central and the homunculi send over Bradley to keep an eye on them. They're like, uh-oh, there's no doing our plan while he's around. So they leak information to one of the other Central generals, who then tells Bradley that, oh no, they're massing for an attack. And Bradley's like, oh, okay, I better get back. He gets on the train, and then like Grumman and the Northern forces blow up the train track, getting him out of the way. This was not well explained, in my opinion. I watched the episode twice, and I did want to make sure that I had a grip on it. I don't think I got it 100%, but I was enough of the way there that everything was landing, even if I wouldn't be able to explain it perfectly. I w what I could have used, a scene where they all just ex talk to each other and explain what they're going to do. And then even when it goes wrong, at least like with a map maybe, so that I could be like, oh, I see what their plan is. And then they execute it and then things happen differently. But at least I understand the geography of what's going on, you know, more or less. Having watched it twice to understand it, I don't think there's a problem in no, the story. Yeah, in the story. of events, it all Just makes Just that the storytelling of it isn't as satisfying as I would like. You know, I really could have used maybe an episode in between this episode and last episode or something where they were like, okay, here's the plan. And then time passes or they set up the idea that time is about to pass or something. And then this episode executes all that. You know, yeah, all that I think stuff. that's what they try to do with the note. It was like, okay, Not enough on the promise day, on we're going to make our move. And then the next episode is like, okay, it's the day before the promise day. So uh, where it gets confusing is that a lot of the stuff that you didn't catch was stuff that was implied to have happened. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I did not. Uh, it's a great time to talk about the really cool stuff they do with Ed's character design because Ed. He's tall. Uh, yeah, this is the episode. Ed's tall now. Hey guys, Ed's tall. Yeah, he's taller. Yeah, Ed's tall now. Isn't that cool? Good for him. <laughs> this episode, in a lot of ways, especially the first part, is trying to do thematic kind of bookends with episode six, where they go to Resinbull for the first time. Yeah. And I think some of it is a little bit more effective for me than other parts. 
There are parts that are really sweet. There are parts that just don't really work for me. Just even the simple sort of montage of Winry getting back home and walking through her house. Yeah, that was cool. Very sweet and sort of well-observed and just this quiet moment. And then there's like, like the real trashy bit where they like Benny Hill around the house and do a standoff because... Winry was trying to change. I think the standoff that ensues is really funny. I think the music is really funny. But just the like, about to change, oh no, there's a guy there, like eating a sandwich. It feels like just something out of a trashier show. It's tonally kind of weird to me. Yeah, well, Camilla missed the bathtub episode. Yeah. <laughs> I have not returned to that for a reason. Yeah, we didn't like that either. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mike really hated it. I really hated it the most, but we need to be serious. If you want to discuss something leechers, we got to talk about how Greed was waiting outside her yeah. room like, oh, she's <laughs> a peach, huh? Anyway, yeah. want to do a threesome? Like, <laughs> he's encouraging. Greed's weird speech, his, his monologue on the stairs, while thematically sort of important and the idea of like, greed being good feels like a cool idea to get out there. The way it was phrased was very funny to me. It was a little like, why are you telling me this now? It's like you conveyed this theme already in the show that like greed can be good or bad. Like friends are people, greed too. People can be greedy for people, places, or things. Also, can be greedy nouns. for friends. They can even be greedy <laughs> for greed. You can say greed. that same thing about every single one of those sins, though. I, I yeah. That's why I just disagree with that. Uh, maybe it's a cultural shit thing, or maybe it's a language thing, but it's like, greed doesn't mean you want things, you know? Lust doesn't mean you like sex, and, you know, in the same way that gluttony doesn't mean you like food. Well... These are excessive things, right? It's yeah. what to excess. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, no, Camille, you can actually want to hear your thoughts about Ed and Winry. Oh, just that I think that the argument they have where Ed is sort of expressing doubt and wanting Winry to be safe, and she interprets that as him prioritizing her over the safety of the country and doesn't take to it well. In accusing him of that simplifies things to being like, I need you to be confident, believe in yourself more even though the stakes are high. It's an interesting moment of tension and I wish the resolution to it felt... I wish I had a better sense of whether their farewell was supposed to be a satisfying resolution to that because like, have an apple pie waiting for me doesn't quite land as that. There's a theme that you, Camilla, brought up in a previous Winry episode where she's always like saying goodbye. He's always going off and he's always going off the same way her parents did. And they could have played that a little more. It's just a missed opportunity, I think, to like, really stick the landing. And she has matured. Like they both matured a lot. Their arguments no longer deteriorate in the same kind of quality childlike quality that they did before but that's uh, something i think it worked because he was saying he's changed he shows that she wants him to be the same ed that she knows you know the ed that is like i'm gonna get our bodies back and then i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna do that but he has learned a lot in these past whatever 46 episodes you know what i mean He's learned that those are unrealistic things, that there are some things that are not worth wanting, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's okay that they kind of fall flat here for a beat because it's like she has to get to know who Ed is now. And Ed is a different person now. I think if that is the purpose of the episode, though, then the resolution of it is selling Winry short because she doesn't get to have that realization or come to grips with that in a way that the audience sees. Yeah, that's true. It's just using her to highlight the change in Ed. Mm -hmm. Well, they could have done something. Maybe if they'd had him say something like, have an apple pie ready for us, that would have changed because that would have shown that she'd reached him and now he was, you know, 
under the understanding that his goal was going to be to return Al, Al back to his body again, you know? No, he he did say that. He said me. Is there something I'm missing no, with us. apple pie? If he said us, that actually does mean that she did reach him. I, I think that is the most charitable reading. You got to stretch. I think there's a certain, <laughs> to a certain degree, there's just a genderedness to like, I'm going off to war. Mm -hmm. I, make, I hope pie. my dinner is hot when I'm back. <laughs> Make have pie. my dinner ready for me, female character. Hopefully there's a <laughs> world always left to eat that pie in. Been a little icky. But also I think more charitable again than the writers knew what I think it's more, yeah, I think that we're, I think I found that, but I don't think that was the, it doesn't feel like mm -hmm. the intention of It's that, a good find. It? it makes me feel a little better about it. Oh, nice. Still not, still <laughs> don't love it. Before we continue our discussion, I'd like to premiere a brand new game show. And by brand new, I mean, I stole it from the internet. This is based on Um Actually, which is one of my favorite game shows on YouTube. So the game works like this. I'm going to read out some sentences about Full Metal Alchemist, but each one of them contains a factual error, an inaccuracy. Your mission is to listen carefully, buzz in, and then correct me by going Um Actually this is what actually happened. You must always proceed your correction with um actually, and you can actually buzz in at any moment. You don't have to wait until I finish reading. I'm going to give you an example. So here we go. Full Metal Analyst is a podcast all about the Full Metal Alchemist anime. It's hosted by Michelle Ishan, Michael Carr, and Arthur Ayula, all of whom met Mike. There's an order to things. Arthur goes before my name. Well, not only are you wrong, you didn't, you didn't even say, say um, um actually. actually. Arthur. Um, actually, it's a podcast recapping Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood episode. That is correct. Episode. That's how the game is played. I just was trying to show you how it's done incorrectly. All right, let's play <laughs> the <job>. game. <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist is the story of Edward and Alphonse Eric, two children from the rural town of Lior who commit the ultimate taboo of human transmutation when they attempt to bring back their mother from the dead. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, um, actually. Um... <laughs> Actually, they were not from originally the town of Lior. Correct, they are from Risenbul. Woo! So one point for Camilla. This taboo transmutation rebounds onto the brothers, taking Alphonse's entire body and Edward's right arm. When Edward realizes his brother is Camilla? Um, actually, it takes his leg and then he trades away his arm. You're correct. Whoa! Wow. Thanks to this taboo, the two brothers can perform incredible feats of alchemy without the need for a transmutation circle. We're Mike. Um, actually, like, Al can do that like, later on. I'll give you that point. I'll give you that. You're correct. He can only do that later. All of this attracts the attention of Colonel Roy Mustang, who tells the young Edward to become a state alchemist. With both of them not working for the military, Edward and Alphonse travel through the land in search of a way to break... Arthur? Um, actually, just Ed is working for the military. Correct. Unbeknownst to the brothers, they are being observed by fearsome villains known as the homunculi, who are working for a mysterious man known only as Father. M Mike. Um, actually, he's not a man. He's a little, like, a <laughs> thing from another uh, place. I, uh, that is not the correct one. But I will, yeah. however, give you a you point because you are right, because he is not a man. <laughs> that is so pedantic, I have to give that a Okay, okay. The brothers soon find out there's a mysterious conspiracy behind the city of Amestris and that the mythical Philosopher's Stone are actually made out of Arthur. Um, actually, Amestris is a country. Uh, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> actually, Amestris is the white. So our scores right now are Camilla's has two, Mike has two, Arthur has two. Oh no. Let's continue. 
and that the mythical philosopher's stones are actually made out of human souls. They gain this information from Dr. Knox, an old doctor who's regretful of his actions. Arthur. Um, actually, it was Dr. Marco, not Dr. Knox. Okay, you're correct. <laughs> it's part of the game, I have to say it as conceited yeah, that's the idea. and patronizing as possible. Okay. Uh, actually, Dr. Knox is monster. <laughs> <laughs> now, Arthur has three points, Mike has two, Camilla has two, let us continue. While investigating the conspiracy behind the stones, the brothers and Colonel Mustang discover that not only the Fuhrer is a homunculus, but that his family, his wife, and the entire upper echelons of the government. Camilla? Um, actually, his wife is a very normal, ignorant human lady. Okay, you're correct. You're correct. Let's continue. And the entire upper echelons of the government are actually in on the conspiracy. To make matters worse, the fear forbids the Erics and Roy from interfering on father's plans, even transferring all of Roy's friends. Mike? I don't think he forbids anyone to do anything. Um, actually. <laughs> you know, I was gonna give it to you, but you didn't say I'm actually, so... Actually, he just says that, like, you shouldn't do this because if you do it, I'll harm your friends. He, so doesn't, even, not... he doesn't even really say that. That seems pretty forbidding. And knowledge, and knowledge. I'm not giving you a point for that one. Even transferring all of Roy's friends to a dangerous battlefield in the north. Also along for the... Camilla? Um, actually, he does not transfer Riza to a dangerous battlefield in the north. He makes her his personal attache. You're yeah. correct. Camilla has four point. Mike has two. Arthur has three. Let us continue. Also along for the ride are the characters from the distant nation of Shing, which includes Mei Chang, a young girl accompanied by a pretty little panda, and Ling, the only son of the emperor. Camilla? Um, actually, the panda, it would, it, the panda is not canonically or universally considered pretty. That is so pedantic, I will give... <laughs> that is not what I was looking for, but I will give that to you. Camilla I just know five. it's a hot button topic. I thought I could <laughs> steal some... He's just giving it to you. Here. The only reason you're giving, you're getting that no. is because it's... Oh, I'm a sycophant. No, she's actually right because there panda. is there are several characters who are like an ugly little cat or something. So I think it's objectively is... a beautiful creature. But <laughs> Let me continue. Mei Chang, a young girl accompanied by a panda, and Ling, the only son of the emperor, who's been sent to find a secret to immortality. Hello, Mike. Ling is um actually like Ling is like not the only son of the emperor. Oh, you almost <laughs> I almost had you. you you're correct. Know. You're correct. You're correct. <laughs> you almost didn't say I'm actually. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so now Camilla has five points. Mike has three, and Arthur has three. All right, let's continue for the last round. Along the way, the Eric brothers meet many of the other homunculi, including Greed, the oldest homunculus, who's not on talking terms. Camilla. Um, actually, <sighs> Pride is the oldest homunculus. Greed's a little young. Cocky dude. You're correct. All three of you buzz with like a... There's like... Damn, so close. <laughs> like this game in particular is designed to destroy my brain. Let's continue for the last round. Including Greed, a homunculus who's not on talking terms with Father, Sloth, a lumbery beast digging up turtles under the world, and Pride, who's actually the Fear's little biological son, Selim. Mike. Um, actually, Selim is not the Fear's biological son. You're correct. There was one more on that one. Does anyone Ooh. want to give it a shot? Um, actually, Sloth isn't digging under the whole world. He's just digging under a mistress. You're correct. That is the final one. Wow, so was... we're closing up the game. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Mike has four points. Arthur has four points. And Camilla is the faraway winner with six points for the first ever edition of I'm um, Actually for Full Metal Analysts. That was fun. Wow. Congratulations. I'm truly honored. I feel a little bad for playing dirty by sucking up to you with panda insults, but this victory is so sweet that I, it wipes all that shame away. I wrote Pretty Little Panda and I do not consider that to be a mistake. So that is not sucking up. You were just really pedantic and this is a game about being pedantic. So 
This is going to divide our entire community. <laughs>A question that was in my head, and again, I think this is nitpick and it really doesn't matter. It's like, where was everyone else around Alphonse when Pride and Gluttony came up to capture him? He's on a train with a bunch of other soldiers. Like, where is everyone else, you know? I bet you they're taking him to put him on their little summoning circle thing, you know? Yeah, that scene takes place in such a vacuum, but it is super scary. It is good. That was a really cool scene. And the little hands all around his little symbol. Yeah, going towards the symbol and him sort of blacking out and just knowing that each time he blacks out, like not knowing if he will come to because he will have been captured and incapacitated. That's mm -hmm. genuinely terrifying. They're escalating that element which I think is cool. And it it just puts another ticking clock on the action because we have the promise day, but also Ed and Al have to find a solution soon or they're donezo. I expect going forward, we're going to start seeing everybody get kidnapped and put into maybe, I don't know. I don't know how many episodes are left. We're at 46, so... Goes to 60, right? Or like 18. 62 or something? There's 18 episodes left? Okay, well, yeah. I might be wrong about that then. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it might be a little too soon then for what I thought what they might be doing. That makes sense. I love the bookends of it's sheep day. Today yeah. we're celebrating sheep. And it starts with the sheep being used as a cover to smuggle Winry home. And it ends yeah. with the sheep being used as a cover to blow up a train. We love sheep day, the day where we celebrate sheep and don't do crime. Yeah, I was <laughs> half expecting those sheep to turn into Chimera and do something. It's like, are they going to chimerize these Surprise. sheep? Nope. <laughs> Thank goodness. Nope. They're just a clever distraction. If you had rolled a four and I'd had to do the summary of this episode because I had no idea how to approach it, I was just going to talk about sheep day for 20 seconds. And like, <laughs> that is such yeah. a danger. That is such a danger. Like you get when you're doing those recaps that you can just totally like I do this every time. Like you get fixated on one thing and you can't stop talking because well, it's it. sheep at the beginning, sheep at the end. <laughs> um, Maybe the oh, maybe this is the big theme of the episode. Who's a sheep? And who is following and who's leading? Oh, damn. Maybe the You're sheep so are a right. metaphor for bureaucracy <laughs> yeah, and freedom right. of thought. Well, sheep. sheep are all in a flock. And in a flock. They mm. are. Sheeps of a feather flock. Like are, a flock of birds. We are all in a society. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Good point. Just Good like point. Sheep. I hadn't a thought herd, about that. If you will. I will. I will. The end credits. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Father is here. Father's here. The dad. And I don't think it's going to go so well for him because the last person who put their hand on Olivier's shoulder like that, it didn't go so well. For the first time, I felt like one of those post-credit scenes were not like skippable. You know, right. that was this a felt like twist. a great scene. Get ready for it, folks. Father's here. He unplugged himself from all those tubes. He got up <laughs> off his little his little sad chair here to enjoy what What's life he has doing to down offer. There all the time. He's just playing Scrabble. Rediscovered the his joie de vivre. And we're at the point in this fascist government where they're no longer hiding the fact that they're really evil because they have an open homunculus just standing behind him. The homunculi and father, you generally see them like in the shadows at twilight, at night, underground. Right, right. You... In his little room. <laughs> so to see one of them just hanging out in an office during the day. Oh my God, it goes back to that lust is on the phone Lust on the train! What does father think of trains? Does he do Sudoku on the train or does he like to watch the sheep go by? He walks, he doesn't need the train. He has underground, he has an underground tunnel. Just like Elon Musk. 
it's funny because there's an episode that hasn't come out yet, but it will have come out by the time this one comes out. Or we Trust me, by the time you hear this, <laughs> yeah, you're going to love like, that oh, show. Oh, that is great. That is a great reference. Good one, Michelle. Yes. Thank Good you call so back. much. Good callback. Mike, it's time for you to go and walk in your two feet and change the world with your hands as you take on the bad. And Mike, you have the bad. This is the moment of the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode based solely on the title and the thumbnail. Mike, will you please describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, Emissary of Darkness. Emissary of Darkness. Oh, damn. Watch out, Gul Dukat. That's for you DS9ers out there. I got it. The explanation of the thumbnail, I... Oh, God, I'm... I'm so, there's so many two-man teams of, like, buff Chimera guys that we barely <laughs> know that I'm starting to get them yeah. all confused. Yeah. You know? But I think this is Gorilla. I'm part Gorilla. I'm part Lion. <laughs> that's that's who they are. So then we have Ling, uh, Greedling. He's standing in front of a red Santa bag. It might be it might be Ed lying down, and that's his cloak, or a Santa bag, or or something completely different than all of those things. But that's what it looks like, or a dead Slimer that Wait, is red. Is this the episode where they kidnap Santa? That is the face Greed would make upon finding out about Santa. Yeah. This is the one where they kidnap Santa, and Ed has to go around the world and give gifts to all the good boys and girls. Oh, I'm gonna have a problem with that because. <laughs> I'm Mr. Greed Sickle. I'm Mr. Greed. <laughs> Sorry. In this episode, Emissary of Darkness, it's all about Father. He's the Emissary of Darkness. So things are going pretty well for our friends right now. But we got 18 episodes left, okay? And things can't just be going well, okay? We need to have a little bit of a false culmination where things seem to be going well. And then things will not go well at all. Everything will just spiral out of control here. So I think that Emissary of Darkness is all about Father taking control, and he's going to shut people down. He's going to disrupt all of these plans. Everything that seems to be like humming along, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to hum anymore. It's going to be brutal. Now that Mike has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale from one to five. I'm going to get things started and say, I like this episode a lot. Four stars, everybody. I also give this four stars. Good episode. Good job. Maybe even 4.25. It was great. I liked it a lot. And it was good. All right. I'm going to give this episode three Wenry earrings. Unenthusiastic. Not a huge fan of this episode. Don't like the greed speech. Think it's really weird and doesn't falls flat. Makes no sense. A lot of false platitudes. A lot of confusing action. Didn't really know what was going on. There was a time jump. No real sense of that. There's some good stuff that I really liked. But... I spent a lot of the episode going, is this, am I watching the wrong episode? Should I, did I miss one? So I'm going to give it three stars, unenthusiastic. Wish it were better because it had a lot of cool stuff that executed pretty well if I'd just known what the hell was happening. The, the pieces it's moving into place are all interesting. And I wish that there was a little bit more payoff in the way they were being moved. I like the story. I wish that the storytelling had a little bit more finesse intention. Also, you really got me, you know, with the Winry thing. Like, I didn't like that line either. The make pie for me. <laughs> Shitty. All right. Um, uh, mine's definitely four now, not 4.25. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I bullied you into changing your rating. And now we've reached the end of this week's episode <laughs> of Full Metal Analyst. And that means it's time for me to thank our guest, Camilla Franklin. Camilla, I mean, obviously, you always have a place here. You are an official fourth 
the co-host. The fourth. Oh, that's so analyst. kind. What can people follow you? You can follow me on Instagram mostly, but kind of Twitter, I guess, too, at Camilla Strater. That's C-A-M-I-L-L-A-S-T-R-A-T-O-R, like Camilla, and then it turns into Illustrator. And that's where you can see my art. You can also listen to some cool, cool trivia games I write for NPR on the show Ask Me Another, wherever you get podcasts or on your local affiliate station. And before you go, can you please do us another one of those great, great Full Metal Alchemists, just like the interstitials? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. No, well, yeah, we're, I'm going to work on that one. Full Metal Alchemist. Good. That was cool. And if you want to have a warm apple pie waiting for you after you go off to war, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review. Or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analysts.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. Look, she's here. Thank you. Thank it's you. Me. Hey, thanks. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right. You can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash FM analysts. If you like this week's game show, then good news. There's a whole different game show waiting for you behind the Patreon walls. So go check it out right now. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frost, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>